Did you know that justices can be appointed for eternity? I'm Michael Spencer Harmon, and you're listening to Real Philosophy, a show that argues all philosophy is vain until it gets real. On February 25th, the Washington Post published a very short article written by Robert Barnes. In that article, it described that the Supreme Court of the United States, in an unsigned opinion, ruled that judges are, quote, appointed for life, not eternity, unquote. A judge in the Ninth Circuit entrusted with a case to pass an opinion and judgment on that case, gave a vote on that case just prior to the decision being written and published. However, between expressing that opinion and publishing the opinion of the court, that justice passed away. The Ninth Circuit Court in question authored the opinion and published it anyway, listing this deceased judge as its author. Now, you may be wondering the same thing the Supreme Court was, How can a deceased judge author an opinion? However, I am not so sure that that is the issue in question. I think the bigger question that should have been answered by the Supreme Court was the question we are going to discuss today. And that is, at what point does authority expire? At what point does authority expire? Now, as in the case mentioned just prior, it would be easy to say, well, authority would cease at death. Obviously, when you die, you can't have authority because you no longer live to exercise it. Prima facie, that seems like a pretty good case. However, One's authoritative decisions can have efficacy that continues beyond that person's death. This is one reason why the unsigned opinion from SCOTUS 
seems so intriguing to me. Whoever authored that opinion said appointed for life, not eternity, as if justices could be appointed for eternity in the first place. But even so, that opinion seems to negate the fact that the justice who was in charge of passing an opinion on the case before him in the Ninth Circuit did not have a right to have that opinion respected or enforced simply because he died after he had made that opinion known to his peers who were also in charge of the case. In other words, he was charged with passing an opinion on that case, and he did so. But according to the Supreme Court, because he died, his decisions are no longer efficable. That seems highly problematic. Why? Because if someone in charge of deciding a case cannot pass an opinion that lasts beyond their death, what does legal precedent mean? What do all of the cases decided by justices who are now dead mean? Justices have passed decisions before and their decisions have held with the force of law. Laws have been passed by people who are now deceased. Wills have been written and are regularly respected and enforced, and those wills are only enforced after death. If the contention is that an opinion ceases to hold weight once the person who passes it dies, there are a great number of opinions and a decent number of situations in which this country's practices are at odds with that opinion. So it does not seem that death alone is a good enough cause for one's authority to cease. What about some other reasons? What about some other foundations for one's authority? Does one's authority expire upon a loss of reasoning? If you base authority on reasoning, one might argue it, it's far more lasting. People argued Aristotle's points. 
for thousands of years after his death. They still do in some cases. That also means that if you base authority on reasoning, it's not tied to the present moment. It allows authority to continue beyond the life of the person exercising it. However, if you are basing authority on reasoning, you have to deal with the fact that debate can perpetuate indefinitely. Issues that require authority are rarely fixed by reasoning alone unless everyone involved agrees with the reasoning being used. Therefore, it seems that reasoning is much more a tool used by authority figures rather than a necessary foundation for that authority. If death doesn't end authority, and if reasoning doesn't base authority, is authority's longevity based on credibility, perhaps? And by credibility, we mean trustworthiness, qualification. Credibility might seem like a good foundation for authority. Obedience requires belief. If you want people to follow your authority, they have to believe that you have it. They have to believe that your authority holds weight, that it is qualified. And furthermore, experience and ability in a certain area allow one to exercise that authority. For example, most of the time, if not 98% of the time, justices, for example, who are appointed, are appointed based on their experience and their prior ability demonstrated in lower courts, which was itself a result of experience and ability reflected in prior legal practice. So credibility might be a better foundation for authority. However, our favorite word here at Real Philosophy, however, Not all people with experience and ability 
are obeyed as if they have authority. So experience and ability, while it allows you to exercise authority, cannot be the basis for that authority. Authority has to exist from somewhere else for people to obey you, even if you have the right experience and the right ability. Likewise, just as obedience requires a belief in a person's authority, disbelief in a person's authority does not necessarily neuter the force that an authority figure has. For example, just going to throw that out there. Gaddafi, who is now gone, was not someone who commanded vast majority belief from the people in his ability or experience to lead them with authority. Many people did not believe he had authority, but it didn't take away his ability to terrorize the population and thereby exercise his authority as leader of his country. Gaddafi is not the only one for whom this counter-argument applies. I am sure that you can think of many despots and dictators who, while not holding the full faith of their people, still exercised a great deal of authority through power and force. Therefore, is force the basis for authority? Is force that which determines whether authority continues or ceases? If you are able to enforce your will on a people group, fear of a consequence can ensure obedience. Because you are able to enforce your will, fear of a consequence for disobedience ensures greater obedience over the long term. Many people have argued for this position. For example, Machiavelli or even Nietzsche. Likewise, consequence for disobedience ensures the positions in that authority dynamic. In other words, because someone can enforce a consequence on you, 
that further establishes their position as an authority figure over you. It's a compelling point. And yet, and yet, even when you argue that, underlying that argument is a massive assumption. Firstly, power can exist without authority. Simply possessing power or possessing the ability to enforce a consequence on another person does not mean you have right authority. Being able to enforce a consequence on another person through power does not guarantee that the consequence giver has rightful authority. For example, someone can walk in with a gun. This is sensitive, I know, but we're dealing with it a lot in this country. People grab guns because they believe that it gives them Authority, it gives them the power to enforce their will. Those two things are not the same. Yes, they have power to enforce will, to enforce their own will. That does not mean they have the rightful authority to do so. Disproportionate punishment, likewise, also proves that power can exist without authority. Simply being able to enforce a greater consequence in an attempt to assert authority does not mean that you have that authority. In fact, it could prove the opposite. So when someone exercises power in excess, it does not base their authority. It does not form a foundation for their authority. It only undercuts their claim to authority. Perhaps the biggest reason why enforceability cannot be the foundation for authority is the fact that in situations where an authority figure can enforce something on a subjugated party, that authority has already been presupposed if such punishment is effective. In other words, if the enforcement is effective, the authority structure and dynamic has to already exist, which begs the question, where did the authority come from in the first place? What founded that authority in the first place?
Likewise, the lack of enforceability, the lack of an ability to enforce one's will on another person means that authority is already gone. It's not there. So authority has to come from somewhere else. It has to be based on something or someone or some power other than the power to enforce a decision. When this question is given some thought, it's kind of a mess, isn't it? What is the basis for authority? At what point does authority expire? We've looked at four possible foundations. Life. In other words, when someone dies, their authority ceases. Reasoning. Credibility and enforceability or power. It certainly seems like none of those major concepts can accurately base authority. Where does it come from? Where does authority come from? Give it some thought. Let me know. I would love to hear it. Exercise some authority. Express your opinion to me. And in the meantime, happy thinking. Real Philosophy is written and produced by me, Michael Spencer Harmon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Philosophy. If you'd like to get in contact, you can send an email to realphilosophypodcast at gmail.com. That's realphilosophypodcast, one word, at gmail.com. You can also look the show up on Twitter at realphilpodcast. Thanks very much. And if you do like the show, Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.